gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? So lucky! So I feel like I should give you two and everyone else out there listening a fair warning. I'm currently set up in uh, Merit Headquarters, uh, the uh, hope-to-be-death star, and I'm watching the NCAA College Basketball Championship game. So there's about 15 minutes left. So on the off chance that something insane happens at the end of the game, which it always seems to happen, I'll probably start screaming and hyperventilating and puking a little bit. So just know that that could be coming eventually, sometime into the future. So disclaimer okay. over. Uh, <laughs> have you guys been like, I don't know, I'm the big sports guy of the of the podcast, but like, have you guys been paying attention to what's ha- been happening in sports? No, no, not even not, a little no, bit. Not even, nope, not no, at not all. not just like in a in a like generic... not since February. <laughs> like, so basically, here's what here's how the last few years championships have gone so in the super bowl the patriots came down from coming back from a 28 to 3 deficit which is like the biggest comeback ever (laughs) and they won the super bowl it was like their fifth and right before that the cubs won their first world series in like a hundred years oh and in between that clemson won on a last second touchdown but whatever it's college football is meh and it's just been like a real and then before that the the game that I'm watching now, a year ago, that was one on the last second buzzer beater. So, think of it this way: imagine that every single Star Wars movie that has come out has been just as good as The Empire Strikes Back. That's kind of what it's like for sports the last year and a half. Do you guys can you guys like pick visualize how awesome that is? I understand that. I, just... I, I understand. I just I just don't. No. I don't care. But sports. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, f- I feel like. <laughs> I feel like we like to we separate the worlds of sports and like movies, TV shows, and all that kind of stuff. But like the way I see it, I feel like it's hard to like one without the other, and not the other a little bit because like sports is ultimately a drama. Granted, they do different things, but it's still the you're looking for the twist ending, or if you will. You know, I don't know. watch more sports, everybody. No, come on. I don't have cable. I'm not going to do that. But well, neither do I. Well, I guess I technically do, but I only watch stuff on the net on network TV. So just get a little, uh, little antennas. You know. Nope. By the way, Cody, we should welcome you back. Uh, how was your visit to the monastery? I don't remember why I didn't. Oh, I didn't see the movie last night. I mean, yeah, it was. Um, you were. No, I, it's the fun thing. On I just pilgrimage, make up ridiculous excuses for you. I was going. I was. Um, you spent a week in silence. The Venezuelan government to see whether or not communism would work there. <laughs> Still trying. It only has to work once for for it to be justified, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. We got close with Russia, but everything kind of fell apart at the end. Yeah. We're. This is a little bit of. Um, behind the scenes but we were talking chatting a little bit earlier about you two and as a as we always do because this is the youtube oh, podcast Jesus Christ. and one of Cody, one of my favorite um politically inspired lines that bono ever wrote was it was about russia or like it was like in the this was like written in the, in the early 90s so it was right when the wall fell down and he referred to communism as a 
a dangerous idea that almost makes sense. Oh, no. Wow. That's a great line. I know. Better than anything Steven Tyler could ever write. You bet. Well, Shut I mean, up. it's not as good as love in an elevator. Because <laughs> that just has so many meanings. Because obviously Living it has something he's to going do. down. It, what do you yeah. think he means by that? And it's Dream on is a masterpiece. I don't... The thing is, I would never, I wouldn't dare shit on Aerosmith. I like Aerosmith. Draw the Line ki- kicks ass. That's a great song. It's super fun. But you like poop on YouTube all the time. You're mean. Yeah. I'm a troll. You are a troll. I, fully, I, I fully embrace it. <laughs> Josh, if you ever see Josh walking down the street, you'll know it's him because instead of a head, he just has a giant Twitter egg. It's just like an amorphous. <laughs> thing over his face. Uh, I've basically become everything I used to <laughs> Whenever a woman walks by, it's like, feminism is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Wearing his medicine shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid just as much as I do, because I have to pay, like, I have to buy dinners and shit like that. Fuck you. You know, it's just, it's the whole thing. <sighs> U2 is fine. U2 is great. They're a super cool, cool band. I don't know. I find it I find it baffling that people can get so worked up about hating U2 and Coldplay. Like they're just I don't hate you. I have no hate. I get Coldplay. No, I'm not saying story. you Cold... and you in general. Like I'm not saying you specifically. Like people Ooh. in general be like, oh my god, I'd rather like cut my arms off and eat them than listen to U2. It's like really, come on. Or Coldplay. Coldplay is just Coldplay is just god awful. Like I just I don't know what it's you're white saying. people music. I just... It's I know that's exa- it's terrible. It's, it's the our, most generic. It's our boring, jazz. Like, oh my god, it's horrible. <laughs> like black people have blues and jazz. <laughs> you know, Real Japanese jazz. people got K-pop, it's and we've got stuff. we've got you know Coldplay. We've got Ryan Gosling playing jazz. No, yeah. please not Ryan Gosling. I gotta say, no. I I feel like we as a culture. I know this whole like there's this whole backlash thing to um to La La Land, but I don't think we talk enough about the scene where Ryan Gosling and his cover band played Iran by the Seagulls. I just think the that's best scene in that entire scene. movie. And Iran. Oh, love that song. And he just looks miserable the entire time. It's awesome. You know. Speaking of. I love that movie. If you Do got, people not like that movie anymore? Nah, it's, it's been Force Awakened, which is a, oh, a, God, a phrase no. I'm coining right now. It's like, where you give it a couple weeks where everybody's euphoric and is like, oh, this is, you know, where it kind of, it seems like everyone everyone's on the same on page and then it, and then the the less funny masons of the world play contrarian and just like, fuck La La Land, it's fine, you know? It's like, fine. It's fine. Using your exact words. It's fine, you know? This is crazy. Speaking of, what, do you guys think there's a, a space and time or a decade that you were, you would have preferred to be like clubbing? in like going to the clubs and listening to the pop music because i find it hard to dance to drake in the future 1860s 1860 <laughs> well i'm sorry half over i'm having your midlife crisis in the clubs in 1860 <laughs> typhoid right guys typhoid yep mm. no i feel like i i'm totally could bump it early 80s like pop like oh man some of that stuff's just great what about you josh Oh, the seventies. Yeah. What you hate? But don't you hate disco? Yeah, everything. But I would. I hate everything. How do you not disco? like Abba? Abba's the perfect band. Go, just stop. That's like going oh, into God. the ocean no, and saying, no, you know what? I want to love this. Hate getting wet. Not a big. I want to go to the seventies so I can be there for ACDC and Led Zeppelin. Okay, but like when you say, "Oh, I want to go bump it in the seventies," nobody. Th- thinks of acdc and like acdc is more of a late 60s band 
No, they're not. They started in the 70s. I'm going to fact check you on that one. Who, ACDC? Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You like ABBA. I do. I fucking love ABBA. Amazing, and I like but... and I like ACDC. ACDC oh, yeah. all sounds the same. I don't like no, it. No, it does also yeah. does Coldplay. Song, all Coldplay and ABBA sounds the same. It's all listen, listen. ABBA's just all dancing nonsense bullshit and whatever. Fix You versus Yellow. Those songs are completely different. Exactly. Well, I mean, Fix You versus sorry, sorry. Fix You versus Every Teardrop is a waterfall. Yeah, oh yeah, totally different. Well, not totally. It's it's different yes, as they can be. Totally different. But I think we're we're this conversation's coming back to you too. Because, as you can see <laughs> from their discography, they've actually dabbled in quite a few different genres. So they really are, have the most eclectic and innovative sound in uh, modern rock or alternative music. So I, I, so I agree, Josh. I, I do think they are the best band ever. So just to, to come back around to the point that you made yourself, yeah, U2 is the best band. So glad we, glad we were able to we, clear, uh, we clear landed that up. We landed them good. So, Cody. Fuck you, too. In the While you Whoa. were in the monastery. <laughs> no. Did you listen to Exit? Did you watch the video of Exit? No, I was I was doing other things. Well, t- trust me. Go with an open mind. Because I think you, you genuinely, there are some <laughs> songs there that do have like a, an ACDC-ish vibe that I think you would enjoy. Yeah. I'll get to it eventually. Just, just don't, just, I'll, I'll send you the files under a different name and I think you'll like them. <laughs> I think you're getting some <laughs> sticker shots here. But, Cody, at the monastery, you did get uh, access to the internet, mm-hmm. and you did see some trailers. So if Did I see some trailers? You saw some trailers, I'm fairly certain. The, Hope the, so. The hidden cameras in my house, or in your house, uh, they, they my monastery. In the monastery, well, every, every man's home is his temple, so um, <laughs> I just hired a couple, I just, I just hired some homeless men. Had them get a, a nice shave, and they just sort of stood around and yelled at you while you meditated. But sounds about right. You saw what trailers have you seen? Did you see some Spider Man? You know what? I didn't watch the Spider Man trailer. Good. Yeah, if Good. you want to, you know, it's a lot of people are saying it's spoilery. I don't. I don't necessarily. Um, I didn't agree. watch that one. What else came out? What other trailers? Uh, Planet of the Apes. It. Yeah. I watched it. That's the only one I watched. What'd you think of that? I'm stoked. Do you now? This was a little point of contention between Josh and I. I know if you can believe that. Um, <laughs> I think that Bill Skarsgård, like the third ranking Skarsgård, um, not including Peter Sarsgård because that's a common mistake. But I think that he should not go for just the crazy clown thing, and actually, and be a little bit closer to Tim Curry, where he's kind of a goof and is. Sort of, in a Joker-like way, gleefully evil. Now, what do you think? Because he's being painted as a straight, like, evil clown. A spook? I don't know. I see the merits, but I feel like if they're trying to go for a different type of movie, they should go, uh... Mm -hmm. They should go with the straight spooky clown. Straight spooky clown. Which he is spooky already. He is very spooky. But Tim Curry is somehow even spookier. As as I just I just rewatched that. You did? Yeah. Well, First time since I was like way like to go, Josh. Maybe seven. Yeah. Gold star. And no, he's not. He's not. He's not scary. 
I think I think he's much scarier to kids than he is to adults. Yeah, and like that's because like I don't know. I the, I do remember seeing it at some point in my life. Like I remember seeing it on it on TV and like being aware of its presence. But and I remember being scared shitless. Being he by never Pennywise. scared me. Really? I no, know, I like, thought he was kind of silly. Because, like, my whole thing was, like, at first glance, I was like, oh, it's just some random clown. And then I was like, oh, wait. Oh. And, like, the more the more I got used to him, the more it, like, kind of freaked me out. So, I don't know. I'm a little torn. Because I do think, you know, evil that is, like, you know, it's like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of situation. I think that's spookier than just a wolf, you know? Because wolves are just big old puppies. That's not true. Oh. Haven't you seen The Grey? No, you haven't. <laughs> Answer your own question. There you go. You so, should see The Grey. So are you sold on it, or do you still need to see a little bit more to to like completely invest your faith? No, I'll watch it. Hmm. No matter what. No matter what. I'm in for a spooky time. Even if at the even if at the end of the next feature length trailer you hear It's the Wonder Woman theme. Oh, fuck that. I would stop watching it. You were the only person I know that does not like that song. Well, I'm sorry that I don't... I like music that fits the tone of the movie I'm watching. It is the most fitting thing. I'll agree agree with both of you here and say that it probably isn't... If you gave me 50 cracks to, like, you know, sit with a composer and do a Wonder Woman theme, I probably wouldn't come up with that. But it's just so gleefully just badass and kind of over the top and i'm just down for it and those these those tv spots have been showing up here and there whenever i like like i'm I'm half watching tv i just have it on the background whenever i hear those drums i'm just like oh it's on it's so on and i just like ah, wonder woman but uh and then whenever i hear it i'm just like oh cool i'm watching mad max again and that's why it's awesome no be your own fucking movie no it's great <laughs> Is who is is Junkie doing the music for it? Yeah, no, of course he is. No, no, he's ah. not doing it for Wonder Woman. He's doing he uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who did the f- one of the Narnia movies. I don't remember. Ah, what is Hans he's, Zimmer out? That French. Yeah, he yeah. said he's done with superheroes. Oh yeah, Rupert Gregson Williams. Yeah. Oh okay. Let's see. Let's check to see if I can. Oh no, his bro- his brother did the Narnia movies. I don't know what he did. Uh, B movie. Okay. The best Sold. movie ever made. Sold. Uh, Grown Ups. All right. Jack and Jill. Have I sold you yet? <laughs> this man's Paul Blart Mall Cop. Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Click. I like that one. Click's good. Yeah, but he, the, he did. The music. He's not Hacksaw. the most memorable part. Yeah, he did Hacksaw Ridge last year, so, I mean. That's kind of, but he did the ridiculous six in 2015. I don't know. This guy is. Kinda, I think he's hit. He's fighting above his weight, but I respect him for trying. And as long if he has the the Hans Zimmer guitar solo theme working for him, I think he'll be fine. But um, Cody, and did you see Justice League trailer? The Justice League trailer. Did I? I feel like I talked to you about it. Yes, I did. You did. I think I liked it. You think you liked it? I don't remember. Yeah, um, I feel like that's a general feeling. It was, oh yeah, that was like the Aquaman-centric one, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. AKA the best fighter in Injustice Gods Among Us. <clears throat> Two? Is... No, no, just the you first the sequel? No, I think the first one is the one I played. I didn't I didn't play the no, sequel. No, the second one's not out yet. Oh, okay, well then that's yeah. In, but in in the original Injustice, he like totally kicks ass and he's the only good one. But uh two things. First of all, what did you think about the whole I'm rich line? Did you like it? It was no. hilarious. Yeah? It was okay. super funny. I don't know if it fits with the character. It fits with this Batman, but not every Batman, but right. I thought it was funny. Okay. It's genius. It's two words. I don't know how that's genius. Because it is genius is what it's it not. is. It's not. It's self-referential. And that's I funny. know. That's why it's genius, because they're finally just having fun. Okay. Uh, okay. second of all, <laughs> yes, all right, gotcha, let's roll on. Second of all, do you feel, and this is more of a Mason, I'm leading the witness kind of question, do you feel at all that we're kind of, like, repeating the DC cycle of pre-release anticipation? No, because these trailers aren't bad. Right. Unlike that la- that second, um, that maybe Superman one. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm speaking more of as like we as, and this is harder to speak to, but like we as a movie culture, are you seeing kind of the any of the same signs, or do you feel like that this is being treated just as Justice League and not, and just like has been reacted to just on the merits of its trailer? I don't know. <laughs> I know it's 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 hard to tell sometimes, but that's again that's 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 just me leading the witness, but. Hey, could be good. Who knows? Um, let's see. And I get this is since this is a newer and DC related topic. I th- I feel like we should all kind of give our takes in, on this one. Well, these there's two of them actually. Uh, first off, is that none other than Aaron Sorkin himself is being courted by DC and Marvel to write and mo- more than le- eh, probably not direct, but most certainly write one of their movies. Cody, where do you stand on this? Give me uh, your... That makes me so happy. Happy. Is there a specific property that you have in mind? I mean, I don't give a shit. Give him whatever the fuck he wants. Right. Let him, let him have free reign. Oh, he's the best writer in the world. <laughs> Gotta say it. I thought you were exaggerating. We, we were talking on the phone. The, not, we were texting the other day. Mm-hmm. You said he's the greatest writer in the world. I'm like, come on, and Steve Jobs is pretty good, but come on, this is serious. And I've been watching The West Wing. Oh, nice! And I'm like, oh god, this is so. I'm mad about how well he writes. Right. And the keep in mind that um, basically he was a one man writing team, and every single draft, like of those first four seasons, he wrote every single script, and. <laughs> he never did a second draft like he did like little tweaks here and there but he basically said the first draft of the show of the sh- episode that i wrote is what we ended up shooting and like he just did that for four years Goodness while gracious. whilst being addicted to drugs what's drug uh i think heroin and coke god damn yeah so just goes out moral of the story here kids do drugs and you'll be talented <laughs> and you'll be the best writer in the entire world yeah exactly but um, so Josh, disclaimer: what... um, we're joking. Well, I I'm mean... joking. 
Listen, I'm a certified teacher now. I can't have this out I'm, here. I'm a believer that every, everything and anything in moderation is okay. You just oh, with it, no matter what it is. If you abuse over it, here. if you abuse it, you uh, you suffer the consequences. But if you don't, then you're fine. You know that's why we never hear about people overdosing from moderate consumption of of drugs. It's heavy consumption of drugs. Do drugs, kids. Uh, <laughs> do all the drugs. I'll buy you drugs. I don't care. Josh, what do you make of the whole Aaron Sorkin Marvel DC thing? I love it. It's great. Do you have something in mind from either side? No. or No? No. Just let him do whatever. It, he looks through a bunch and they're like, we're doing this movie. And he's like, all right. I like that. I want him to write the most deep cut superhero movie. Like, Who's the Ziest of the Z team? Give him a Condiment King movie to make. I was was thinking that too, but he's just a lot about HMOs and like the the food industry. It's like, um, no, I think, I mean, if tomorrow they announced, oh, by the way, the Batman, uh, Matt Reeves and Ben Affleck have enlisted Aaron Sorkin to write the, uh, write to write the script for the Batman spinoff. Most likely, my heart would leap from my chest and then explode, <laughs> killing me and anyone within a three-mile radius. So, like, a lot of... But basically, New York. But anything other than that, or maybe Nightwing? Maybe? I'm not I'm not about that, I don't think. Because, like, yeah, it'd be nice, but, like, it, it would definitely... It'd make, he can make whatever script he gets better, or whatever story, or whatever movie he gets better it's aaron sorkin you know like some that's like to me that's like asking um it's like asking mario batali to make you chicken nuggets from the bag you know it's like you can do a lot better than that like yeah these are going to be some bomb ass chicken nuggets but i'd rather have some like risotto or something like that which by the way that's the only name of a fancy food that i know so don't think i'm high class uh (laughs) Never thought you did. Good, thank you. Um, and and again, I I don't think this is gonna happen. I'd be shocked if it did, but because I think once they like, oh by the way, and you have to do this in the third act, or oh, and this needs to also set up this character. I think he'll be just be like, nope, not doing that. Piss off, and then just bail. That's what I think is most likely to happen. But who knows? I would love to. I would love to see him see his take on Watchmen though like that would probably be amazing because I feel like that's the perfect blend of the whole political kind of stuff that he likes and the superhero and you know deeper meanings all that stuff but that'll never happen unfortunately uh anything else any jumping out of you guys last minute of Sorkin related he is a god he can do whatever he wants okay Josh, here's a here's a check for two hundred and seventy five million dollars. The only requirement is that you make this movie with Aaron Sorkin as your screenwriter. What are you making? Whatever he wants. No, whatever. What are you making? What are you telling him to write? I want to know. I'm not. Ta- really- I'm not telling him to write anything. I'm saying here's everything that is. I here's every property under my comic book label. Pick whichever one you want, and make it and do whatever you want with it. So, that's the, that is, all right, so that's what, if, that's if what the, the smartest thing to do. If it was announced tomorrow that Aaron Sorkin is writing the script for Iron Man 4, oh, 
I would I would cry and do jumping jacks with Justin Hammer as the main villain. He would make him into an actual character and not a cartoon. That'd be awesome. Featuring, uh, <laughs> shit, uh, joke, abort, I abort. I can't remember I, his I name. What's his? I don't dislike. Guys? I don't. Oh, I don't dislike many things. Who's the guy that like featuring Terrence to... Howard? Yeah, shit. No, no. Okay. A joke. I, what's what's wrong with that? I like Terrence Howard. But you see him beat a woman instead of insinuating it. I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? This really got away from you, Mason. It did. I'm. I, if I knew the name, there, I would have rolled it off better. There but... are very few things in the MCU I dislike. Right. So you're gonna have a hard time. Let's see. How about the? <laughs> How about this? How about he adapts the storyline where Peter Parker has sex with Mary Jane and then gives her cancer? What about that one? Written, but written by Aaron Sorkin. Go she for it. She dies because of his his spider, his web. Spidey sperm. Yeah, his spider web. His thwebs. If you we were would. actually just talking about Moby Dick, so it's fine. Oh man, that's. I think did Herman Melville write that on purpose to have Moby Dick? Moby and, like, Dick. A sperm I don't whale? think it was a thing back then. No. That's. He well, I mean Shakespeare was super dirty, so maybe he was too. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, nothing's really jumping out at me. I again, I don't. I, I put it at less than five percent odds that he'll actually do it. He's just kind of like, eh, I'm awesome and Oscar nominated, so I might as well see how much money they can throw at me. So I don't know. Follow up is Aaron Sorkin or Diet Aaron Sorkin, I should say, has signed on to write and I think direct a uh, Batgirl. And I gotta say, from what I've seen, props to internet culture for not throwing out 60,000 op-eds about why Batgirl should be directed by a woman. Appreciate it. Unless that is a thing. Josh, do you know that? Well, I know a certain certain someone that said that. I'm not going to call him out, but I saw it. Mm -hmm. Who? I said I'm not going to call him out. (laughs) Was it one of us? No. Okay. Who is it? It's, It's someone on the internet. Has a, has a following. Hold on, let me go check Trump's tweets because I think I, I think it was Jesus Jeremy Johns. I like him. He's cute guy. He's got got nice teeth. Don't know why I went oh. there first. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, do we like it? That's the the question, Josh. Sure, but it's just going back to what I said about the Nightwing. Is that Warner Brothers is saying Batman makes us lots of money and. The kids like Batman, so let's just make everything about Batman. Screw everything else. So, that's pretty lame. That's basically exactly what I was going to say, except every bad thing you said, I would say in good, because Batman good. Cody, what do you think? I think it's fine. I'm excited. I'll watch it. I'm not going to... Crossing enemy lines? I mean, does that ruffle your feathers at all? No. Oh, no. Josh doing a movie for... No, that doesn't piss me off at all. Yeah. <laughs> so, I honestly, the reactions to it, I've been pretty surprised. Everybody's like, okay, sure, Joss Whedon. There hasn't been like a, he should die for going to DC. I mean, he's a Marvel. great writer. I don't I don't think anybody's mad about it. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm surprised that uh, it's been so tame. But do you guys have... Obviously, I should just come out, and I've tweeted about it. Zoe Deutsch, Deutsch, whatever. Zoe D Deutsch. from, what is it? Deutsch. 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 Sure. I don't know. Something. It's there's too many there's too many vowels in there. It's hard to navigate. But <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was Dutch. 
But then why is the E in there? There's an E in there. It's silent. I don't know. You know what? Let's let's fire up the Google. <laughs> do do it. I think she'd name. be good. I like her. Pronunciation. Oh my god! It just says Dutch name. No, it's I want a, an E in there. Gosh darn it! Oh, there's a YouTube video. Holy shit! It's like it says the name. Okay, here we go. I got it. Oh, it's Deutsch. Oh, weird. Deutsch. So, so Zoe Deutsch is my pick. I don't like that. I like <laughs> Deutsch better. <laughs> Deutsch. That's weird. Uh, she's a, like totally. I'm hundred percent on her. I think she's got the look of it because like. Even though I hate it, whenever whenever one of these like actresses, like whenever Poison Ivy's announced or like rumored for anything, it's like, oh, well, Jessica Chastain because she's got red hair. I kind of hate that. Yes, it really annoys me. But this one works because like she well, does. She'd be amazing for that though. Jessica Chastain would be great Poison Ivy because she's hot. Yeah, great actress. <laughs> That's what you said. Great actress. Objectifying. She's a great actress. No. <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's very beautiful. But. Uh, Zoe Deutsch, I think, would be a perfect fit for Batgirl. I think she was hella natural and just she was just kind of uh, relatable and real as um, as the girl from Everybody Wants Some, whatever her name is, I can't even remember. But big fan of hers. Hope she gets it. She's relatively young. To I mean, she's what J.K. Simmons is like fifty five or something like that. So she could pass for Commissioner Commissioner Gordon's daughter, and I'm uh. I'm down for it, but I think um, by casting this, or maybe there's a hint to it in Justice League, but this would be kind of establishing a sort of timeline that they're going for because the we really don't know anything about the whole Robin situation except that he's dead. So there's kind of a gray area there. So I think if this does indeed get off the ground and they do start casting, I think this is going to be our first kind of idea of what sort of Batman universe that this is like. Who's is Nightwing running around? Like, what's going on? Which is one of the big question marks for me. But uh, what names do you guys like and maybe want to throw out, Josh? Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, baby, that'd be cool. I love her. I would be. I would be cool that. Yeah. I mean, Alicia Vikander obviously was up there, but she's got her own franchise going. Yeah. Perfect. Too many. She's, she's 32, so that's, you know, it's right in the wheelhouse. Cody, anybody? To set all the best people in the world, I got no one else. <laughs> uh, Let's see. I don't know. I, th- I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, Joss might go into, like, his back catalog and get somebody that he's already worked with, and I'm not that familiar with like Buffy and whatever other stuff that he's done but part of me thinks that he'll just pull somebody from an older movie and be like hey, it's Batman it's not like I need a big name here people are going to see it anyways but I w- if this was if it was if they were doing like an older thing I would have suggested uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, but she's like almost 40 so yeah and once once you turn 40 you're basically dead in Hollywood obviously <laughs> if you're a woman you're 40 unless you can just play unless like sleep well, well, either it, it, either you're Meryl Streep or you're playing like, you know, mean villainous whatever Cruella Deville wannabes basically. But Hollywood sucks. Uh, I'm ex- no, I'm I'm really excited for this. I think I think Joss has got, he's been 
like fucking around with Batman and trying to like get it, find a way to do it for seems like forever. And uh, I'm glad that he's finally getting his opportunity to do it. It's gonna be. I'm excited to see it. So, uh, is there any other comic book movie-ish news that I'm missing, Josh? Do you remember? I feel like not that I can think of. I feel like there's something. Hmm. There's always this is all that all that all that nonsense with Sony and Venom and Spider-Man. That's and not actually going to happen. I can. I don't. I don't. I don't. I have. I don't even want to acknowledge that that is a thing. So. <laughs> It just makes no sense. <laughs> it just makes. They they really are just they're all high. Each one of they them are is just us. like of all the of all the books and of all the stuff that you could easily scoop up the rights to for next to nothing, and then make it your own thing and just start from the ground up. They just like hey let's make Venom, but not have it connected anything. <laughs> Granted, it could be good, but Venom cannot probably. exist unless they changed it heavily. Venom does not exist without Spider-Man. And do they still so, have like a Spider-Man movie coming out, like a an animated? Yeah, with Lord that's Miller? next December. That's so yeah. weird. See that one? I'm actually excited for. Why? I don't know if it'll be good because it's something different. Like it's. I mean, it's one thing to have two like Spider-Man it's, it's in proximity be, it's be to a, each other. It's just going to be a straight up animated comedy with Lord and Miller writing it and it's going to be about Miles Miles Morales. So hmm. I don't know, I guess I guess having Batman and Lego Batman active is relatively cool, but oh, we have just have so many Spider-Mans at this point. Let's get a Lego Spider-Man. Yeah, do they have the rights to Le- Well, yeah, Lego has the rights to those. They can do whatever they want basically. Hmm. By the way, Lego Batman. Uh, not doing as well as I thought it would. Yeah. It's like it's it's doing. I mean, I I real I found out that it wasn't really made for as much as you think. So it's eighty million dollar budget, two hundred ninety seven million. I mean, it's that's pretty good. But I thought it would be like a at least three fifty or four. And then in other awesome news, Kong Skull Island is kind of shit in the bed a little bit. Good, because that movie was garbage. Eh, 185 it was, on... It was fun. 185 was on 478. It was super fun. Yeah, it's doing okay. It's, it's more than doubled. Damn it. Spoke too soon. By the way, have you guys seen Get Out yet? No. No, I want to. What are you waiting for? Time? Money? The, I don't know. It's the best movie of the year. But Logan exists. I'm telling you, man, this is this is this might be better. Yeah. Objectively, like Get Out's Get Out is super super smart. Like if you like Key and Peele, it's just as like tightly written and smartly written as that is. It's just ugh, Get Out's so good, and I love that it's it's basically it's making a ton of money just on word of mouth, and I think that's beautiful. It's like almost at past like $150 million just by people talking about it on Twitter saying how well-made it is. And it's just a beautiful thing. I think you any, anyone and everyone out there should go go see it. And if you've already seen it, see it again. It's that good. And bring bring a white friend with you. Make him squirm. <laughs> That's always fun. I'm my own white friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm my own friend. Period. Congrats. Congrats. All right, uh, let's talk 
about Netflix now. They are double doubling down on the net on the original movie game and their latest project is quite interesting and we're going to talk it's, about it. So something the discovery has come out. And before we talk about the movie, let's just kind of talk about Netflix as a whole. I guess we can get into their business model or whatever, but where do you do you think do you guys think there's a difference between a theatrical movie and like a difference in execution not so much in like uh the movie itself but is there like a noticeable difference in the in a movie you'd see in the theater and something like the discovery that you'd see on Netflix is there a difference between them like yeah this is budget mhm yeah it's not really noticeable cuz it's a drama so mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been, I, I've been thinking almost as much about just this, how this movie was made, and kind of the look and feel of it as compared to something that I've seen, like Get Out, for instance, that I've seen the theaters. And I don't. Know, it's, I think, I think Netflix is doing a really good job of kind of plugging the gaps that the movie theaters have, and like the the franchise strategy has kind of squeezed out a little bit because this movie felt. I guess we can talk. Start talking about it. It felt very '90s to me. It felt like a like a smaller little movie made by like uh, like there's this movie called um, I haven't seen it, but I just know of its production. It's called uh, What Lies Beneath. It's by Robert Zemeckis, and he made it. It's like this tiny little thriller that he made uh, between the time uh, he made while he was making Castaway. So like they shot one half of Castaway where Tom Hanks was like all pudgy and dad like. And then they gave him time to like lose a bunch of weight and get all scraggly. And in that, between that time, he made, he like shot and edited What Lies Beneath. And it kind of felt like that. It felt like this little offshoot, like this 90s offshoot by a director who just sort of biding his time until he can start something else. Like it, it, it's, it's unexceptional, but it feels kind of refreshing. That's definitely not the vibe I got from that movie. Hmm. The movie was just trying to be ex machina. That's what I felt anyway. Well, oh, while watching it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Just, expand more on that. It's just the way that the, everybody talked, the way it was shot. The movie was gorgeous, by the way. It was beautiful, but that didn't make it any more interesting. Um I don't know, I just I felt like they were trying to be philosophical like ex machina. They were trying to twist and turn things like Ex Machina. It was just trying too hard. Hmm. That's interesting. Josh? Thoughts on this? Uh, um, this kind of just goes back to what I say all the time. You can have a great, ambitious concept. It doesn't mean anything if you don't do it well, and this movie kind of drops the ball. Mm-hmm. So... It has some really cool ideas, but it doesn't really do that much with them. And the story isn't that interesting. Characters are pretty bland. And ultimately, I kind of just... It didn't really, I didn't really get anything out of it. Other than it made me think, which, you know, it was good. That's a good thing. But And the acting is really good. But other than that, it's not really much I had to say about it. Or it didn't really leave me thinking with 
anything else other than just the ideas that it brought up. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't disagree with you guys that much. I do, I, I agree with a lot of, and I can even, I understand a lot of the criticisms that are being levied against this movie, like uh, that um, it does, there is a noticeable kind of um, rut the movie falls into. Like it's, I think for what it's worth, I think this is my favorite opening scene of the entire year. Just like the, 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 the dialogue and kind of the setup of all of it and some of the exposition, exposition and how it sort of jumps at you and then that hold on Robert Redford and just the the world that this movie sets up in the first few minutes I think no opening sequence has sucked me into a movie more I don't know this year all of this year and even dating back to to last year I just I love these kind of vignette openings where we just give you give you one one little scene that sets thing that kind of sets the plot in motion, and then just go from there. And I mean, we might as well just get into spoilers here. So Robert Redford's having a TV interview. He's basically proved that after you die, there is a molecular change, basically, and it shows that there are some cells that after you die, they move, they they relocate, and they go to a different place. So it's basically proving that the afterlife is real, but it's not, but not what it is basically so i can't remember the analogy that they use um but it's 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 relatively clever and kind of puts things in in good terms and because of that this discovery a bunch of people like a ton of people killed themselves like i think they they have like a like there's a it's spot in new york where they have people yeah they, there's a spot in new york where they have like a uh, the debt clock of like how much trillions or whatever dollars that the united states is in debt when this one, they have, like, suicide clocks that just are constantly updating how many people kill themselves. And I, I'd i love to know whose idea that was, <laughs> like, how that pitch went. Like, all right, so I know a bunch of people are, like, offing themselves, and it's horrific and all this. But Let's what if... a bit lighter. What if we just set up a bunch of LED countdowns all over the place on a ferry, for instance, something comp- where it doesn't need to be at all, just to remind people how many, how many of their constituents are committing suicide? Like, I had so many questions about that. <laughs> it was it was insane, but uh, I do. But I, I like I said, I love. I really like the world that this movie set up right in the beginning. Just here's what happened. Here's how they are, people are reacting to it. And then the journalists asking when they asked Robert Redford, it's like, do you feel responsible for this? And I think they, that why should I? Yeah, I think that is just that's so thematically rich. But then the rest of the movie happens, and I think I'm giving this movie a lot of credit, maybe more than it deserves, for going for this kind of a theme and for having this kind of a cynical, I think, view on people and the world. Because like, I think this movie basic is, for the most part, I think it is about like the recklessness, like being reckless with your life, basically. Like, for instance, Robert Redford, he kind of... He dedicates his life just to this one thing, and he kind of he lets his relationships around him kind of go by the wayside. Like you know, the spoiler: his wife kills himself, or his wife kills herself. His one of his sons is an idiot, so he's kind of a lost cause either way. And then his other son doesn't really want anything to do with him. And yeah, so yeah, some of the characters not as 
not as compelling as I'd like it. Jason Siegel, Siegel kind of let me down. I loved him in the end of the tour. He was his other. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was good. Yeah, he's just. He looked okay. bored. Yeah. Like, Everybody sounded so bored in this movie. Mm-hmm. You're just like, uh, and then uh, what was the girl? Was that Rooney Mara? Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way she played her character. Mm-hmm. It, it comes down to the the Aaron Sorkin thing, like how nobody talks like that except the difference between them between that is is that. Aaron Sorkin's a much greater writer, and the dialogue makes up for the acting. Mm-hmm. Not the acting, that's not what I mean. The, the words, I guess, that people are saying. Yeah. Since it's not as well written. Mm-hmm. What no, I'm yeah, the, no, there is there is definitely a lack of rhythm in this movie, and I think that, that works in, t- in some cases, and in others, um, it, you know, it doesn't. Because when you do have to have this much dialogue and this much kind of expository sort of stuff you do have to i think you do have to set up your own way of speaking sorkin has his way in the same way that nolan or scorsese's movies have their own way so um and i just think a lack of style is sometimes a style in itself but in this case maybe not uh but but overall what do you guys think about the world that this set up just putting aside everything that happens afterwards and what they do with it. Do you think that the this movie was built on a good foundation? Yeah, that opening scene was awesome. It was probably the best acted part of the movie. Everybody seemed interested in what they were doing. But, um, no, I really liked it, too. I thought it was an interesting concept for a movie. Um, there's a lot of directions you could go philosophically when you're talking about this. Mm-hmm. It had all the potential in the world. But I just I didn't think it lived up to it. Josh, foundation of the world. Yeah, there's some. Like I guess there's a lot of cool ideas. Um, they kind of set up a lot of really cool concepts. Um, and I think maybe with I don't know I don't know if I'd say a better director because uh, I mean from what I hear the guy the director of this is pretty good. Um, I know he did a I know he did at least one other movie that was well received. Um, but I don't know maybe it just. A different approach to it someone did something a little bit different with it mm-hmm. um i just i just think there was not a lot i think i just think they didn't take the ideas and concepts they had and use them in a way that was like fit for a movie like if if this was like an like a 40 minute episode of a tv series it would probably be really good yeah but because it's stretched into an almost two hour long movie there's just not that much there to like grab onto. So, no, I can definitely, I can, I definitely can see where you're coming from. Um, like I said, I just, I really like the themes that this movie set up, and it just, it was. I hate to say this, but it was enough for me to to say, you know what, I want to see this through, and to kind of, to sort of give myself over to to this the director's story because I think I. I think with with the things that he was like like I said with those themes I think he 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 bought me and I like and I was just uh just take me on a ride give me give me your vision because I know you're doing it for and you have something saying you're doing it for the right reasons and I that's that's kind of how I felt but like I said that middle I don't know maybe it was something like an hour it, it was dull it was at times it was dull. At times it just felt like there was nothing happening. Yeah. It was just people talking. It's just, yeah, it's just 
they're talking about stuff. I'm not really sure what it is. They're doing something. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Or I don't care. And it's well, like I, I don't think there was any. I don't think they did anything that was that didn't make sense. It just was. It, it was. It's not um, that it didn't make sense. It's just like I don't really get it. Like it never really like connected with me. I was you, like, you know what? I, I'm realizing. I think this movie is stuck midway between the Lobster and Ex Machina. <laughs> I think it is. It's trying to be kind of an indie. Um, like an indie darling where everybody talks all sad and is weird and quirky, but it also wants to be big and profound. And I think, and I, I think it has moments where it's a little bit of both and the moments where both of those kind of fall flat. Like with, with the, um, they get, to, it, it, for instance, with the lobster part, I think, uh, the Jason Siegel Rooney Mara relationship doesn't work as well as the movie needed it to. And, um, yeah, I didn't even realize that was like a real relationship to like halfway through they, the movie. They basically hated each other. She hated yeah. Yeah. most of the movie. And, that, that, and that's the problem. That's one of the problems that, or that's one of the things I th- that worked with the lobster because it was committing to one sort of tone. And whereas Ex Machina, on the other side of the spectrum, it was so it was committing to the theme of artificial intelligence and what do they know and the kind of more pulpy aspects of the story. Like, yeah, I think this, like I said, this got kind of caught in the middle. And if that doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But um, the fact that a, a filmmaker was willing and kind of stepped out into into the fire, into the line of fire and said, you know what, if the, if the afterlife was proven, here's what it would be like. And I just, I don't see sci-fi like that very often. And I can't, so I can't help but just appreciate the hell out of it because I think this is such an interesting idea that came together just well enough for me to say that I liked. Uh, so where did it, where did things go wrong for you guys? If there was was there a scene or a moment where you realized like oh I don't think this is for me? The Cody? second I pulled out my phone and started playing Ten Ten and had more fun than watching it. <laughs> um. It was just, I don't know, it was basically after the fairy scene, because that scene was pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. But when he gets home and Meth Damon is there, and <laughs> um, they just start talking, and I'm just like, don't, don't know what's happening. This is not intriguing me at all. I'm not enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. It's just, it wasn't, it didn't grasp me, and the, but the end, I liked the end. Which is weird. You see, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, later. no, yeah, we we absolutely will. Because I even that's where some of my big problems lie. Uh, Josh, where? What about you? Was there a sort of change in location or scene that didn't that uh, it lost you? Nothing in particular. It's just kind of like there was. I could see these moments throughout where I was like, okay, I see where we're going, and then it would lose me again, mm-hmm. and it just kind of do that multiple times throughout and then we get to the end and i was just like all right and then it ended and i was like all right that was movie's done that, that happened uh i don't really know what some of this means or what you were trying to tell me but that that's 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 that that's that it's over and i can go back to something else yeah i think the only scene that sort of that didn't do it for me was the hospital scene when they had to get the corpse I mean, they, mm-hmm. 
because was that supposed to be like? Well, no, no, I'm thinking about the scene where they bring it back. Was that supposed to be funny? Kinda, I think. Yeah, I think. It, and I, I don't know. I, I like, huh, I like smirked or whatever. I was like, yeah, all right, that's you know, that's cute. It's like, <laughs> so you sort of just dumped it by. He's like, hey, I was driving by and there's this like dead body in your parking lot. The guys come up, be like, put the put the, would you put the bot? Would you? Uh, it was just sort of a. Kind of a, just a weird little setup of, oh, there's a, did you, did you lose this body? What'd you do with the body? Like, did you leave this here out in the parking lot? But I don't know. Kind of went on too long. A little <laughs> bit. And the, just the, the, the whole setup of them going to steal it was, I don't know, I thought it was kind of funny, but I don't, I didn't really have any reason to think it would be funny because I didn't know that that, it was that kind of a movie and that it just sort of threw this whimsical scene at you in the middle of hey bunch of people kill themselves is there a god i don't know it's weird let's try and find out yeah so then there's just this little detour to go steal a, a dead body of some random guy which was you know a choice it certainly was a choice a choice that they made and for as much as i like and i appreciate the lengths that they're willing to go I did feel a little bit cheated when the quote-unquote afterlife or their first documentation about where the soul goes was like a what-if scenario, you know? It's like the with the, with the tattoo, like the, with the with the guy with the tattoo at the hospital, or with Jason Siegel's or with Robert Redford's character and his wife about how mm. she didn't end up killing herself. Oh yeah, a little bit cheated by that. No, I thought that was pretty interesting actually. I like how it um played in at the end because what is heaven if not going back and fixing your mistakes? You see, yeah. Oh well, no, no. That now that you put it that way, that kind of sounds neat. Um, hmm. But uh, uh, I don't know. I think I was just hoping for a bit for a movie that starts off with such a clear kind of thesis and a clear idea of what the movie is going to be for it to descend into a perfectly reasonable but ultimately kind of stale familial drama was eh, was not preferable i'd rather than be like take a little bit more of a sci-fi ish approach and not so much a tug on the heartstrings you know dead kid dead mom sort of a thing uh, Josh, how did you feel about their depiction of the afterlife and the, that whole sequence? Um, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, it, it didn't really, I mean, I didn't really feel one way or the other about it. I was like, okay, that's, it's there. That's what it is. I just, I, I mean, I just feel the same way that about with the whole movie. It's just like, I feel like it just didn't, do enough with what it was giving us. Yeah. Hmm. Like it just, there was not many, there was, it gives, it gives us all these ideas and all these, um, things that it's trying, like all these, this world building stuff in its own way, but it doesn't do that much with it. So it's like, yes, there's, there's like a bunch of cool stuff, but I just, at the end of the day, I'm like, why do, why, why is it interesting? Like it's interesting in concept and in theory, but, on a deeper level, why is it interesting? And I just never got that with the way that the afterlife is depicted or with anything, really. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we might as well just jump all the way to to the end here. Basically, Jason Siegel dies, and the afterlife is a beach where Rooney Mara is with the son that she talked about, and that was the point where I was like, ah, God, really? A beach? The most boring, like, afterlife, not quite death kind of thing ever? I didn't. I didn't mind that. I, I thought that was. I mean, I that that stuff doesn't. That stuff doesn't bother me. So. The whole, just the the idea of a beach signifying peace and tranquility and after death is just kind of so played out to me. I just uh, I don't care for it personally. But so like I said, it just this director was so willing to go for it early on, and then as the movie progressed further and further, it became much more of a traditional. Like I think it became much more of a traditional good movie, but it didn't. Um, I don't think it went as, I don't think it went as far as it should have into, like I said, really making, uh, like a statement. Because I mean, something that I can compare this to, I guess, is Contact. That it does take a, it takes that space exploration approach and kind of turns it on its head. But it also, it has the familial element, but but it also does the whole sci-fi, you know, what is out there kind of idea, and it does it all at once. And I think this. This movie tried to, but it just didn't have the creative aggression, I guess, to really go far with it. It was it was sort of just good enough to be passable and not like wow, that was that was something that was something I haven't seen before. That that was a really fresh kind of take on this sort of subject matter. So, um, what other things did you guys like or dislike about this? Like I touched on earlier, the um, cinematography is amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's some really, really great shots. But at the same time, it, ugh, the color palette oh, yeah. was depressing. It was just one color. It was all gray. And I'm like, yeah. why? Grays and dark browns and all that good stuff. Now, it was... Ugh. If if there was one thing that you could have told the... like sat down the director or brought another screener or whatever to enhance on what would what did you want to learn about more in this world what actually happened to your spirit mm-hmm. or whatever your consciousness they just kind of say oh go somewhere else and I want them to figure it out actually figure it out get more concrete i don't know i don't i, uh, I just think it, it needed a better writer mm-hmm Better dialogue and or just needed like like the Nolans they work they talk about how they work in, um, like I think uh, Nolan Chris Nolan is the left side more um kind of creative part of their of the brain whereas Jonathan or Jonah Nolan or whoever is he's the right side of the brain which is much more and I'm sorry if I'm mixing those up I just I can't remember um he's he's much more like okay well how do we move from point A to point B, and then how do we move from point B to point C? So, like, Chris is the big themes guy, and Jonathan's sort of the X's and O's. And I think Charlie McDowell is a good theme guy, but he needed somebody to be his X's and O's guy and kind of move things along and uh, just add some more kind of stakes and gravity to the whole situation. But um, personally, I I thought the, the thing that I wanted to know a lot about that the movie really didn't touch on much was the kind of ish cult that lived at their at their mansion 
they were all dressed up in like different colored uh jumpsuits or whatever i was like what's going mm-hmm. on with what's going on here how did what are they doing here and how did they and how did these people come to the decision to to live with this guy while he searched the anth- answers to the afterlife you know it's, it's nice yeah what about you josh anything nah mm-hmm. what do you guys think of the lacy character she was the girl who got kicked out for uh, spilling the beans to her friend, and then she came back and killed she Rudy Mara. Kind, kind of she felt unnecessary. Like Machina, she's nothing. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of there to prove some kind of point, whatever it was. Um, there there could have been anybody else. I, yeah. I think it probably they probably could have um, done it better if they did Meth Damon being the shooter. Hmm. About how um, like. Like maybe he was aiming for his brother because he's yeah. jealous that you're like I've been dad. here for years and you as soon as he shows up you you know pay exactly. all that attention to him yeah maybe I don't know I, there was something tragic about uh about Lacey and her the girl's character I I don't know, I I kind of liked it but maybe you could have cut her out and gone with the younger brother angle to make to make it more familial and do that sort of drama that you wanted to do and then from that spin it off into um, kind of the, the overall theme and pomp the and circumstance of it all. End. Yeah. Hmm. No, I, do, I definitely do... Th- I'll, I'll, we'll absolutely concede that this movie could have been better, but f- of what's there and the, the threads that McDowell pulls through this, I do think that they're worth it and it's... The performances... I guess the performance of Robert Redford really is not spectacular, but it it's is. Okay. <laughs> it's, I think it's pretty good. I th- I think he did a really nice job at sort of giving this whole thing an ounce extra credibility, I guess. Because when you see Robert Redford talking about something, you're going to listen. And mm. they he the director recognized that and he used it to his strengths. But um, I had a good time with this movie. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it. And I hope that this is a sign of things to come for Netflix. I hope that they can continue to push out these little movies from different points of view and kind of, like I said, pad out what we don't get in the movie theaters and put it on and get it out on Netflix. So, uh, final thoughts, Cody? You heard everything I had to say. This movie had potential. It wasted. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to suggest anybody to watch this movie. If you want to watch a movie that does this type of filmmaking, but a thousand times better, just go watch Ex Machina. Yeah. Or Alien vs. Predator. Or AVP, the actual best movie ever made. Basically. Um, it goes Citizen Kane, Alien vs. Predator, and then... Shrek 2. Twilight, I don't know. Shrek 2. It's got to be Shrek 2. <laughs> Somebody, Josh, final thoughts. Yeah, kind of the same as Cody. Wasted potential, had a lot going for it, didn't live up to it. Um, it has it has a lot of cool things in it, but it's just I can't say it's good. Um, yeah, I just I, I wanted to like it. Yeah, I tried to force myself to like say it's at least pretty decent, okay, but it's like it's just below there for me. But and I can't say it's bad because it's definitely not bad. But it's just, it's just like a really frustrating like. It's, it's not. Really it's I'd not good it. or bad enough to be passionate about. Yeah, I don't. I, but I, I don't know if I'd say it's even mediocre. It's like a. It's like a notch above mediocre, a notch below decent. Mm. <laughs> so I think wherever that, that is, 
I think that's my sweet spot as a person, you know, just, <laughs> just, I, I slither in right in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, give it a grade, Josh. I'm going to go 5.5. Okay. We don't, we don't, we're going to go for that. a different point number there. No, we don't. Yes. Do I was going to go. I was, I was doing, I was going to, I was going to change things up and go for not it. That kind of show. Listen, this is not that type of podcast. All right. Cody. <laughs> I'm giving it a four. Okay. I'll hit it up with a seven point eight six. You know, it's just so much. Jesus no. uh, Wait, I'll on. give it. Can I amend, can I amend my? Uh, no, no. I'm I'm giving it straight then. seven. Straight seven. I enjoy <laughs> it's it. It's actually a three point one four five nine two six five. It's a pie out of ten. I can go point wait three point one four one. I don't fuck it. No, I can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm illiterate. Who cares? Um, yeah, I'll give it a seven. Glad, it, like I said, glad I saw it. There's some cool stuff in here, but gosh darn it, could have been so much better. And but that's the director's vision, and you got to trust that. That and uh, that he did things with a purpose, which I think he did. And I'd love to talk to him about it. So, Charlie, if you're out there, HMU boy. Uh, all right. Watching, reading, listening to for this week. What have you guys been up to? Um, I go. Um, I saw a movie, and it blew me away. Mm-hmm. It's called the Prince of. It's pro- called the Prince of Egypt. Right. And Cartoon? I can't believe it took me. Yeah. Oh my God, I watched it in church. And I haven't. I've never seen it before. Now I watched it, and I was kind of blown away at how great it was. It's honestly one of the best animated movies I've ever seen. <laughs> well, so. Like it's, instant, it's, like an instant ten out of ten. Like, or? like, I don't. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh. I, w- I, w- I thought it was gonna be some silly little retelling of Moses and be you know kid friendly and all that. No, it's like an it's like an epic. It's amazing. The music's great. The animation is amazing. The acting is grazing. Like the voice cast. You got to look at the list of the voice cast because I was like amazed just looking at it. So Chris Kattan. <laughs> Chris Kattan. It's just every voice is Chris Kattan on Wikipedia. <laughs> so can yeah, it be this. that good? No, this is this is one of those movies that like growing up in a like some semi ish religious household. Sometimes my parents like trying to like, hey, why don't you watch Veggie Tales? It's like, nope, SpongeBob. And this is one of those movies that I remember enjoying to a degree. I don't know if I loved it, but I remember seeing it and being like, that was worth it and i kind of forgot about it since you logged it on letterbox i think you'll i think you'll i think you'd appreciate it if you're older yeah it's on it's on my watch list so uh is this is is this is the prince of egypt affected by the muslim ban or is he is that not on the list or is <laughs> well, there a trump because, uh, wrong, wrong Islam was wrong, not wrong era. religion when that movie takes place so no it's not right forgot forgot Silly me thinking people are people. Ninth grade history, baby. Baby. <laughs> Cody, thoughts on giving on having people pass an IQ test to register to vote? Thoughts about it? Yeah. Not gonna say it's a bad idea, but it's definitely against the Constitution. Damn. Oh well. Not just just like a five question little quizlet, you know? Which one of these was a president? Colonel Sanders. George Washington. Yes. Mm-hmm. Calvin Coolidge, and just like cool. if you get all, if you get two of them wrong, then you don't get to vote. You know, that's just my thoughts. 
you know, literacy tax and uh, a literacy test, and that's literally unconstitutional. You'll go to jail. Ah, shucks. Maybe one day. Sorry, Reconstruction really fucked up this country. Yeah, oh well. That's what happens when you're not a master builder. Uh, <laughs> going back to the Prince of Egypt, what, like, you said that it was an epic, Josh. Yeah. In what sense of the word? Like, when you think of an epic, like, on something like the scale of, like, Lord of the Rings or Braveheart. So it's more of like a it's a, is it like, like a swords and sandals like people like it's it's like like it, kind of shit. No, well not not like not exactly like that, but just like the tone and like the like it takes itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a kid. It doesn't feel like a kids movie. There's not a lot of humor in it. And it uh, um the music is like the music numbers aren't like Lion King or something like that. And I oh. don't come wrong. I love Lion King, but like um you know it's not it's not like fun upbeat stuff. It's like dramatic serious epic stuff i so. think i'm missing the i'm i might be mixing this up with um shit what's his name like joseph remember that guy he had like the cool cloak or whatever what ha- what is there a cloak in this sure i don't i don't know, I don't know. okay no. maybe i haven't seen this because now i now i think now i'm questioning my own sanity but i'm definitely gonna watch it like if you if you love something this much then i'm definitely gonna give it a chance right so will you listen to you too? I, I've been He's listening to you too. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually I'm genuinely interested. So maybe I'll we'll see. Ooh, Val Kilmer, Steve Martin, Martin Short. Holy shit! This yeah, is a good keep, cast. Keep going. Ofra Haze. No. Uh, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, Helen Mirren, Danny Glover, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Sandra Bullock. Never mind. Nope, I'm out. I'm out. I can't Shut st- up. I can't stand no Sandy. her. She's great. She's so annoying. Her acting is her. so, like, hey. Have you seen The Blind Side? No. Yeah, she's great in that. She's oh, Cody, The, the Blind Side needs to be seen to be believed. Wait, what did you say? Oh, you got, got her an Oscar nomination. I thought you said something different, but... uh. Very cool. What do you think I said? I'll tell you. I'll tell you when you're older. Uh, Cody, what about you? Watching, reading, listening to? As I alluded to earlier, I've been watching The West Wing, and it's amazing. So, are you team Brad? Are you team uh, Sam or hey, team Josh? Let's not um, get too far ahead of yourself. I'm only eleven episodes in. And I would still. You can choose. I don't know who's who yet. Sam Seaborn is Rob Lowe. Okay, and the other one is Josh is the other guy, right? Yeah, the, Josh Lyman. He's the chief of staff, or the deputy the chief assistant, of staff. Yeah, okay. I'm supposed to pick one of them? I thought they were all friends. But, like, who do you like more? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, Rob Lowe is kind of being an idiot right now on the show. Yeah, with the prostitute. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> what a dumbass. Uh, I don't, so I'm... I'm Team Lyman at the moment. Honestly, if you don't either shed a tear or just start randomly, like, pumping iron during the season two finale, then oh, I... the show hits you with just emotions out of nowhere. I was I watching; know. it was the Christmas episode in the first season. Oh, and... Noel! Oh no! Oh my God, Noel! You haven't gotten no, to Noel yet. Oh, fuck. Julie Hill is just, he's talking to Mrs. Lanningham. He's like, oh, why are you so sad? Because both of my sons died in Vietnam on Christmas Eve, 1975. And you're like, 
Oh. Um, that's uh, shit. But the oh, man. Okay. Right. Have you been driven to to insanity by how uh, Toby Ziegler talks yet? Not yet. Like with his tiny little mouth and how he like whispers everything and he like, ah, makes me nuts. <laughs> not not quite yet. No. Oh. Well, um, my two favorite episodes of the well, not my. T- my two favorite episodes of the Sorkin days are from season two, Noel and Two Cathedrals. Like everybody's is Two Cathedrals. So when Two you Cathedrals. Get to those... I think I watched that episode. Oh, that's the one with the funeral, right? Yeah, and then when when he talks, to, talks God. to God, oh fuck, that's some of Sorkin's best writing. Like, oh my god. But other other good ones are uh, what kind of days have been? Is pretty good. It's from the the season one finale. Uh, da, 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 da. Take the Sabbath day, very good. Uh, da, 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 da. The midterms is pretty good. Noel's awesome. Galileo's nice. It's cute and stuff. Ah, uh, shit! Wow, there's so many good episodes. Damn. I was like, I I was all in that show, and then the election happened, and I sort of backed off for like th- four months. <laughs> I had to wait to revisit it, and I finished it up, and it's very satisfying. But those first four seasons, that those first two seasons especially, TV doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> so, and it's a perfect counterbalance to House of Cards because they're two completely different visions of politics. They're two amazing shows, though. I love House of Cards. Imagine binging at West Wing, like alternating West Wing and then House of Cards. I don't think I could do it. The that tone shift. Ruined me. Poor President Garrett Walker. Have you seen House of Cards, Josh? Josh? No. No, you haven't? We'll watch it. No. My computer's going to die. What? I have 10% on my computer left. Oh, no. The wrapping's up. <laughs> Leave it on the edge. Uh, I s- all right. Well, I guess I'll give myself. So I saw, I saw Ghost in the Shell this weekend. Don't you know, know why. Wasn't it was exactly what I thought it would be. It was you know boring Garbage. and emotionless and I don't w- I wish I hadn't seen it. But it had a cute cat. So There we are. Yeah. And that's why I choose not to see movies that I don't hear good things about. Yeah, I know. I just I felt like I was hoping I would be like, okay, well, it was actually... I was, I thought there was a chance, at least a chance, that I'd be com- proven completely wrong, but I just wasn't. It was so boring. Just dumb. <sighs> well, movies won't be good for, like, ever, so... <laughs> I think the next good movie is probably going to be Fate of the Furious. And then it gets, like, oh, Summer, where it's Guardians and The where, Circle and Alien and all that shit. Where, awesome. where things are actually fun. Yeah, on my song. Was that a dig at me or something? No, that was just okay, that was right. just me being me. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but speaking of fun things, so in lieu of going to out to see going in style, <laughs> or uh, what is what's it called? Or well, gifted looks at least decent, but just kind of boring, I guess. It's like a Mark Webb thing. Guys, how do you feel about talking I know about what, some I know alien. what neither of these are. You mean the perfect movie? You well, mean, some alien... Means... 
full disclosure, we're not going to talk. We're going to be talking about the some of the alien movies, but we're not going to talk about all of them because I don't no, know. Watch I, the rest of them, guys. I know, but maybe maybe I will. But stop at resurrection can, if we just, really we'll, need to we'll, stop. Let me just talk about all of them. Well, I haven't yeah, seen watch all any. I haven't seen. Go watch the rest. Oh my gosh. You scared? I'm not scared of anything. Sound you know what? Like you're Fine. I'll watch them all, and we'll talk about them all, I guess. Yeah, How many are there that I haven't seen? There's see. four. There's only two that you haven't seen. So, Alien Free and Resurrect. An Alien Resurrection. Is that okay? <laughs> garbage. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Okay, I guess we're talking about all the Alien movies next week. God bless our souls. Alien versus Predator. Not that we can skip those if you want. Yeah, because we all, I mean, what are we going to say other than this is the greatest film of all time? We're and watching here's why. two of the best movies ever made. There are two Alien vs. Predator movies. Hmm. Seriously, I, I literally, I hate that so much. But like, ugh. Except for Alien vs. Predator, am I right? Like, when was the last time you went back to, anybody went back to watch that? But it's a good movie. Just a couple of weeks ago. No, but just like... People just cast things, these things aside without like actually revisiting them. Sucks. Like the average score of it's two point three on Letterbox. But it's a bad movie. It's just really funny. No, I think it's I think it's legitimately a good movie. I really do. <laughs> you might be the only person in the world. I don't know. It, it's got a cool setting. It's got a cool setup. The action's fun. The the spooks are fun. The characters are slightly engaging. And it like it's like it builds a it builds a lore, you know. There's a lore there. I like it. Some, I just saw a ginger dab on TV. I think I'm gonna vomit. I gotta get out of here. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, really excited for that. I guess I'm gonna be watching some aliens. So pray for me. I guess it'll be starting soon. So uh, any final thoughts, boys? No. Josh. No. No. You good? Okay. Well. No. Until next no. time. You can follow us at underscore Reflex on the Twitter. And as always, leave an iTunes review. And we will talk you, to you next time in the middle of a spaceship bound for the, the distant horizons of the universe. So until then, right. Josh, Cody, take it easy. <laughs> See ya.